a lot of people think that uh, you know entrepreneurship is very i would say very sexy you know because you see people being very successful there are very yeah. success stories which are there in the, mm-hmm. in, the in the the news but you have to realize that for every success story there are nine failures which are there mm-hmm. so you have to be very careful in why you want to do it mm-hmm. so do it for the right reasons do it for the fact that there is a problem which you know which you understand that exists if you don't know maybe you should spend time to understand that problem well mm-hmm. and uh, and then get into it don't just come in for uh, for the glamour of it mm-hmm. it looks very glamorous but it's really hard work you know for the last 8 years we have done a lot of hard work to be where we are today you are listening to the payal nanjiani leadership podcast the number one podcast in the world for leaders who want to be the best Each episode is designed to help you recognize and overcome your leadership challenges and achieve great success at your work. This episode is brought to you by your host, Hayal Nanjiani, a world-renowned leadership expert, executive coach, and author known for her leadership talks, corporate training, and executive coaching. To know more about Hayal, visit her website www.hayalnanjiani.com. Welcome to the Payal Nanjiani Leadership Podcast. This is your host Payal Nanjiani. Everyone wants to achieve success and success is very subjective. It means different things to different people and yet each of us has our own definitions of success. The route to success is also different for each of us. But rest assured, the route is full of challenges and turbulences. how we turn these challenges into opportunities is what marks the difference between those who achieve their success and those who don't and so today we have with us on our leadership podcast none other than saurav garg who is the founder and chief business officer at nobroker.com india's first proptech unicorn nobroker is also the world's first and largest customer to customer real estate portal and a one stop shop for all property related needs saurav himself is a business leader with over 15 years of experience and he's an alumni of iit mumbai and iim ahmedabad and saurav is also a serial entrepreneur and we are so fortunate that he is here today in our studio to talk to us about turning problems into opportunities saurav welcome to the payal nanjani leadership podcast it is such an honor and a treat to have you here amongst us today thanks payal it is really great to to be speaking to you and i think there would be no one better than you to talk about how to turn problems into opportunities i have read so much about no broker and the way it has become a unicorn so let's dive in to first know a little bit about you you know uh, uh, how did how did this entire concept of no broker start yeah so it's uh, it's very interesting and i think it also goes back to what you just said mm-hmm. a lot of times in our life we face a problem and then we realize that actually that problem is an opportunity i think the same thing happened uh, happened with me so back in 2007 i was living in bombay and i was looking for a for a home uh, to rent uh, i had just uh, quit my job i was starting my first venture uh, and i was trying to find a home without a broker because uh, of course 
that sounded like a very high amount of money which you pay as a brokerage mm-hmm. and uh, i tried to find uh, a house looking at all the existing uh, portals which were there uh, the uh, real estate verticals uh, horizontals and almost for two months i tried to find a house which is directly from the owner mm-hmm. uh, couldn't find it ultimately had to pay huge amount of money as the brokerage to find a home Oh and you know the funny part is that uh, uh, when i was renewing after 11 months mm-hmm. with the same landlord the broker came back and demanded the brokerage again oh. i mean it, it seems like uh, that's that's a norm in uh, many parts of the country where mm-hmm. even if you're renewing with the same la- landlord mm-hmm. the broker comes back and says that you have to pay the entire brokerage again so that was quite crazy you know because it's like an annuity business where mm-hmm. i mean he is not playing much role right because i am yeah. negotiating with my existing landlord saying i want to renew my lease and this guy comes back and out of the blue asks for a huge amount of money for doing nothing mm-hmm. so i that's when i thought that uh, this seems uh, quite crazy and millions of people like like me are facing this problem day in and day out Hmm. so we need to solve for this you know and that's the day that i booked this domain name nobroker.in and said that we need to solve this problem uh, and then i think that's how the entire the entire idea originated of course we started nobroker at a little later uh, that's when i met uh, uh, akhil and amit uh, akhil is my junior from iit and amit is my batchmate from iim mm-hmm. and we realized when i was discussing this idea with them that they have also faced similar issues akil used to live in bangalore and namit uh, used to live mm. in bombay mm-hmm. and they have also faced similar issues multiple times in their life so i think uh, we just started calculating how much money we have paid as brokerage in our lifetime right. and that came as a huge amount of money and and we said that let's let's solve it and 2014 mm. is when we launched no oh, broker wow. so not uh, so so basically not too far back huh? 2014 and 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 we are in 2022 and um, honestly you know when i am in india i also have used no broker and uh, i i i can definitely vouch for it that it really really uh, helped me and now i get from where this concept is coming though in the us we have a lot of stringent laws when it comes to brokers and the real estate uh, uh, field you know as opposed to i think what you're saying is here even the laws are not so stringent when it comes to the brokers and real estate it's a highly unorganized industry uh, mm. there is no certification to be a broker uh, there is no examination which you need to pass uh there are no organized chains of brokers so everybody is an individual who is there and many times you'll see that uh, even a you know a chai wala is a broker a, a, a grocery shop guy acts like a broker the only thing you need to become a broker in india is just the contact details of the owner or the seller if you have that you can you know just pass on that number to the tenant or the buyer uh, and the deal gets consummated and you can charge uh money for that uh, i mean and if you look at rental it is one month brokerage from each side for an 11 month contract mm-hmm. which is like 18% intermediation fee i don't think anywhere in the world it is as high as that and for buy sell it is 2% on both sides so 4 to 5% intermediation fee for buy and sell so i think very very high intermediation fee and all of this can uh, actually be you know 
I mean, the quality of service is really poor. Hmm. So I'm like yeah. what you're mentioning in the in the other Western countries. Hmm. A lot of roles which the broker plays in terms of uh, maintaining the house and you know getting the documents verified and all those things. Here, all that is done by somebody else. Okay. This fee which I'm talking about is only for the exchange of phone number and mm-hmm. making the two people sit against each other mm-hmm. uh, for documentation for all these other things there are other other people who will play the role and there's a separate fee for that mm, okay so it's pretty much uh, like it's not aligned the way it should be now uh, you know your your story especially of the nobroker.com uh, is a story of massive success from what i have even read in the news uh, but i am sure it's rooted in failures and and you know uh you, you might just be a perfect example of even failures and challenges and yet it did not stop you from following your vision like the problem that you experienced while you were in bombay so what were the initial challenges that you faced while putting all of this together um so when we when we started no broker back in 2014 we we also you know we were scaling the business we were bootstrapping that time and we were seeing a very good traction uh so at some point of time we said we need to we need to raise money for this because this being a business requires some investment and and we need to go to a venture fund and, and raise money so when we tried to speak to many funds at that time uh look this this concept of no broker it doesn't exist anywhere in the world you know mm-hmm. this is a very india specific problem and the solution is also very india specific or i would say not india specific very developing country specific hmm. so if you look at uh, western world like us or if you look at china this kind of a solution doesn't exist okay so we faced lot of uh, you know questioning from the investors that time saying that if it's such a good solution why doesn't it exist in the us why doesn't it exist hmm. in the hmm. in, in china for example and and i think it was difficult to uh, or, or we faced the challenge of convincing them that Boss, this is a problem of an unorganized market. Mm. Yeah, Where, you know, exactly. Like you mentioned, that there is no certification, yeah. nothing. You know, so yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think almost for a year we took to convince the investors that, uh, boss, this is a very different problem. What you see in a, in in the United States or in China, mm-hmm. and that's why the solution is also going to be very different. So mm-hmm. we believe that no broker is a very made for india or made for a developing world kind of a solution and mm-hmm. that's why it didn't exist so it took us some time to convince investors about that but uh, uh, i think by 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 the end of the year we were able to convince and we got our first investors saf partners who are now known as elevation capital who came in with a 3 million round investment as a first okay. round and uh, from there yeah i think uh, we have been doing very well there was a huge latent demand from customers uh, which was there so we saw a very good traction and we kept on growing mm-hmm. of course in between of there were some challenges where uh, you know some brokers attacked our office tried to you know wow. stop us operating the office and all mm-hmm. so those were also you know <laughs> big learnings for us because i mean when we started i think we were very naive to think that uh you know if you even if you're disrupting the market you're a startup and you can still <laughs> do do these things so we didn't have a we didn't have any security we were in a in a bungalow kind of a place so anybody okay. can just walk there was no cctv cameras and all 
Wow. So, uh, so we had to vacate that office the same day for the next two months. We were operating from makeshift offices. Uh, we were the entire team was split into two offices because mm-hmm. on the same day we had to vacate that office after that attack. Uh, but uh, but I think that was also a big learning because we realized that one we're doing something right. We're making mm-hmm. an impact, and that's why you know there was a reaction. Mm-hmm. Second, when the team saw this, and the team was working in offices where there were not even tables, they were sitting on mattresses and doing the work. I think the entire team came around, rallied together, and you know came out much much stronger, believing mm-hmm. in the purpose, believing in what what we are doing. So I think that was also a great uh, thing which which came out of that crisis. So one year it took you to get to the investors and then to really keep moving on. And then you faced, like you said, the retaliations and everything. Did it not deter any of you all, uh, you know, that saying that, okay, you know, let's just forget about it or it's just not the right time. Let's just go back to our work. Because I remember when you and I met, uh, you had also mentioned that you were working right earlier. So did that thing not come into your mind that it's, it's enough? You know, I don't think it's going to work. Let's go back and just do what we were doing. Look, I think what was happening is that although we didn't have an investor in that initial one year, mm-hmm. but we had a lot of customers, customers who were coming in at a at a you know at a very very small uh, acquisition cost as compared to anybody else in the industry. Mm-hmm. We were able to get a lot of customers, mm-hmm. so we were very clear that this concept is going to work because okay. there is a huge latent demand. Customers don't want to pay brokerage. They want a non-brokerage property. Since there is no option right now, they were they were going with the brokers. They were going with whatever is available that time. But clearly, you know, in, in the latent sense, they were looking for a solution, mm-hmm. and we could see that. So I think we were we were completely convinced that this is going to work. Okay. And of course, all this retaliation also, like I said, that the entire team and even within ourselves. We realize that we are making an impact. That is why this retaliation is happening. Hmm. If we were not doing anything, nobody yeah. would have noticed this. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Like they say, right? That only when you are moving ahead in the right direction, do people come and want to pull you out of it. <laughs> yeah. So, so you had a lot right. of belief, huh? It seems like you really had a lot of belief that this is something which is needed, and and like you also went through the problem, and you were able to feel that this is something which is really needed. That belief, I. I am sensing it while you are speaking, you know, right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, of course, I think this belief came from what we had personally experienced, what we have uh-huh. personally seen, that we have spent so much money and the, the quality of service has been so poor. Uh-huh. Plus, uh, also the customers who were coming on the platform, they were telling us every day that what a great job you're doing. We uh-huh. have been looking for a solution like this. So, you know, that also made us believe very, very strongly in, in this entire proposition. So why why do you think, Saurabh, that so many people, see, like I said, you know, everyone likes to be successful. Every So when you started the, off this venture, did you start off with the aim, I must be successful? Or, uh, you know, what, what was your thinking and what were the partners thinking at that time? Um, so I think our thinking was very clear. Uh, uh, twofold. One, mm-hmm. We said that this is a problem which we want to solve, mm-hmm. and only a great technology solution can solve for it. So that was the first thing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And second, I think uh, for us it was also that pride of creating something mm-hmm. which uh, which basically again comes back to the problem solution thing that creating something which is which is large and very efficient in solving people's problem. I think those were the two biggest motivations that okay. uh, that that told us that we want to start something and be successful in that. So, so when people are moving towards becoming successful at what they want, or or trying to aim at growing, whether it's their business or whether they are in the corporate journey, uh, just in your experience, you know that you have achieved so much. Why do you feel people? fail in their ventures or they don't achieve what they truly want to achieve what, what according to you is the main reason for that look there could be multiple reasons uh, i'm 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 i think there is not one answer to that but uh, uh, i mean for example there could be team issues right uh-huh. people people start team start a venture and there could be uh, team friction which is there so i think that uh, i mean uh, that could be one of the things in in our case i mean i would say that you should look at two three things when you're starting a venture if you want it to be successful it's not a guarantee but at least you know uh, you 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 taken the right steps and then of course the execution becomes extremely critical so in 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 my mind one is that we should start with a with a problem with a customer problem do you think that there is a a problem which a customer is facing that you can solve with the solution that you are making mm-hmm. i think that's extremely important because if there is a pain point which you are able to you know assuage with your solution then there is a market for that so that's the first okay. second is that is that pain point or is that problem large enough or is that problem a large enough market opportunity mm-hmm. i think that's the second thing a lot of people start with a problem which is maybe which is a large problem but probably it's not enough uh, enough uh, enough uh, big market opportunity so you're not able to monetize enough you're not able to uh, bring it to the large mm-hmm. size that you would want to be third but like i mean, talked about the, no, no, please go third, ahead like i talked about, uh, about the team thing so i think it's also very important to choose your co-founders very you know uh, uh, very selectively mm-hmm. very carefully so in in my case for example i know akhil from the year 2000 mm-hmm. because he was my junior in iit he used to live in the uh, we were in the same hostel same floor he used to live in the room <laughs> next door to me. okay you know so even before we started 2013 we started working on it 2014 is when we launched mm-hmm. i knew him for 13 years Hmm. Amit, I knew because he was my batchmate in Nayam Ahmedabad, same dorm, same floor, hmm. uh, the room next door. So again, hmm. wow, a lot of time, almost more than ten, uh, eleven years. I knew him before we started this, because what happens is when you are starting a, a a venture like this or any other venture, there will be ups and downs, there will be uh, discussions, arguments. but i think you need to have confidence in your co-founders that what they're doing is for the better of the company you should know them really well and at the end of the day uh, you should even if you have had lot of arguments during the day mm-hmm. in the evening you should be okay to drop everything and go yeah. go for a beer true true yeah. 
Yeah, because otherwise so, you are just going to carry that baggage and it's going to lead to a lot of conflicts internally, you know. So yes, I think yes. that's that's very very right what you said. Uh, you also said in 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 the first two points uh, regarding you know uh, not just not just building the team but also making sure that uh, you know you solve a problem. Now I've also heard that many a times you create the market you know rather than going in for solving a current problem. How true is that? Well, no, that, that's true. But I'm just saying that the creation of the market. Mm-hmm. also starts from an insight mm-hmm. which is about a pain point that people have mm-hmm. uh, i mean you can take any example of any company which has uh, which has come into existence mm-hmm. it is because there was an insight a customer insight about some problem which they're facing some efficiency which they're facing mm-hmm. so that the solution which came in made the life either easier or made the entire transaction faster mm-hmm. or i mean one of these things the the company would have done okay so i i really think that uh, many of these problems might not be evident on the face of it mm-hmm. but there would be a deep customer insight which you need to unravel to come to that problem okay so uh, sorab in in this uh, in these years that you have been working and then you know starting your own venture leaving the corporate and starting your own venture i know of many many people who meet me uh and even during the coaching session they would say oh you know what i really want to step out of my corporate and and get into a venture right now and start off so um what are some of the very key uh, advices that you have received in your own life that helped you that can help anyone else i think i would uh, i would come to the two three things which i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. one always start with a customer insight mm-hmm. that what is it that you're going to do for the customer because ultimately you will get a user only if he is he is finding some solution he is finding that this is me going to make my life better uh-huh. so what is that customer insight that you're going to work on uh-huh. second i think uh, again uh, make sure that the problem is large enough that the market can become large enough it might not be large today but can it become large enough and what could it be what could be the size of the market if you're thinking that market can be only 5 million dollars maybe you don't want to do it hmm. but if you think that market can be you know a billion dollar 5 hmm. million dollars 20 million dollars then clearly that's a problem which you should be solving okay uh, so i would say these two things and uh, uh this is also a great time to start a company because i mean uh, if you look at the last few years it has been Uh, a lot of frenzy which was there right mm-hmm. uh, but this is a time when there is a slight uh, uh, you know cautious approach mm-hmm. so only the best ideas best people who have the right customer insight they will be able to build a company at this stage mm-hmm. so i think this is the best time to start a company and whenever there is a slight slowdown there is a slight uh, you know difficult market conditions you will see great companies are made during those times mm, i agree i so agree to this uh, from my own life experience i can i can vouch for that um you you mentioned a lot about the problems and 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 we you know, spoke about that but you've also been speaking a lot about uh, you know understanding your customer and their needs how easy or difficult was it for you to find your first customer and any incidents or story that you can say uh, which can help 
others to find their customers in in a similar, if not the exact way. Like yeah, how we so, reach out to them, you know. I think for us, uh, first we were kind of uh, quite lucky that way that. Uh, once we had this customer insight, uh, I booked that domain name very early. Mm-hmm. So we had this great domain name, which actually, you know, communicates what exactly we stand for. True. <laughs> so, so as soon I remember, as soon as we launched this, mm-hmm. uh, and we did some post on Facebook saying mm-hmm. that no broker is live. I think within within like five minutes, we had a first customer on our website who was wow. trying to okay. <laughs> find a property. Uh-huh. So for us that way, the entire name played a big role. And mm-hmm. uh, given the fact that we in our personal lives had seen this problem, mm-hmm. could uh, could relate to it uh, very very well, and wow. uh, and that that really helped. But yeah, I think uh, the first customer was easy. But I think going from that first customer, so. Now we have more than 20 million customers mm-hmm. uh, on no broker. I think okay. that was the journey which which happened over the last eight years, mm-hmm. and uh, and it has been phenomenal in that sense. Okay, okay, so that's that's really nice because, uh, like you said, the name itself, no broker, really says it all. So I think that that's great. Uh, so what you know, I, I know time is on uh, on a limit for us, but um, you know, what would be your biggest advice to people who are thinking of leaving the corporate world, becoming an entrepreneur and taking their entrepreneurship journey ahead? I would say that uh, uh, do it for the right reasons. A lot of people think that, uh, you know, entrepreneurship is very, I would say very sexy, you know, because you see people being very successful. There are many yeah. success stories which are there in the uh-huh. in the in the the news. But you have to realize that for every success story, there are nine failures which are there. Uh-huh. So you have to be very careful in why you want to do it. Uh-huh. So do it for the right reasons. Do it for the fact that there is a problem which you know, which you understand that exists. If you don't know, maybe you should spend time to understand that problem well, mm. and uh, and then get into it. Don't just come in for uh, for the glamour of it. Mm. It looks very glamorous, but it's really hard work. You know, for the last eight years, we have done a lot of hard work to be where we are today. Mm. So it's not about uh, being. It's it's not a quick success. It's a right. lot of hard work, getting your hands dirty, rolling up your sleeves, and doing things which uh, makes you successful. So be ready for it. And uh, if you know the problem well, if you know your customers well, I think uh, running a startup, being a startup founder is one of the best jobs in the world. Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. And, uh, uh, you know, you've, ha- you've really shared such great insights, uh, Saurabh, uh, you know, on this podcast that so many people can walk away with it. And like I said, there are many people in the corporate world who are wanting to step out and get onto their entrepreneurship journey. And I think your story of how you began uh, nobroker.com and how it succeeded, I think that's, uh, that's a great, great resource for so many people around here. So thank you so much for your time on being with us here today. Thanks, Payal. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And this one's for our listeners. Uh, this is Saurabh Karg and Payal Nanjiani wishing you loads of success in your life. God bless. <laughs>